Well, welcome everybody. It's Rooster Goose. I'm Jesse Quigley. I'm Jay Purcell. And we're talking about Anna Calvi today. Yes. Uh, give me give me the rundown. Um, she is a guitarist, a singer, a songwriter mm-hmm. from London originally. Um, her real full name is Anna Margaret Michelle Calvi. Born September 24th, mm-hmm. 1980, yeah. in London, across the pond. Yeah, her mother is English, and her dad is Italian, which is where the name Calvi comes from, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, so she makes, like, dark, romantic, mm. atmospheric pop. Yeah, that's the dark romantic is a great way to say it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, it's very, like, thick, layered, vibey atmospheric romantic sounds gives you a lot of visuals when you listen to her music makes you think of like vampires sometimes mm-hmm. or something like that yeah pretty theatrical yeah yeah i think of velvet i think of that movie blue velvet for some reason when i listen to her music i don't know if you've ever seen that movie blue velvet i have not um it's a, a david lynch movie it stars dennis hopper and uh, I forget the guy's name, the guy that was in uh, Twin Peaks playing, mm. playing the FBI detective. Like oh, the main guy? Yeah, the main guy in that. Um, Blue Velvet's a really good movie, but it's very atmospheric mm-hmm. and um, makes me think a lot. Uh, uh, Anna Calvi's ma- music makes me think of that movie for some reason. Okay. Which is strange. It's cut, I think because like um, a lot of Anna Calvi's music is like... Um, it's see, it's like evocative. Is another way to say mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, sultry, seductress, mm-hmm. like pulling in you into like a layer. Like that's why I think of vampires. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, should I really be here? This seems like wrong. Should I really be like lured into this like layer? <laughs> is this where I want to go? Should I be here? Which is great. I mean, for an artist to create such a um, atmosphere. Yeah, such a, a deep vibe to enter. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's one of her points is is she wants it to be, she wants to create a world to draw you into yeah, yeah. and to find yourself enveloped in. Yeah, and she specifically said that, yeah, like visually, like she thinks visually mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, right. Like, like the different instruments are like different colors yeah. and she's painting a picture yeah. in her you know mind's eye. And that's that's kind of how I see things, different instruments in the stereo field when you're, you know, creating things yeah and i i thought that was super cool she sees it visually yeah and she sees it you know esoterically ethereally and she's trying to bring all these things together and create a cool world a cool vibe yeah um for you to be enveloped in and and she welcomes you she welcomes yeah. everybody yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah i mean she's yeah. pretty sexual yeah in a you know kind of musical vibe yeah yeah and then you know lyrically and thematically Mm-hmm. also kind of sexual right and yeah. we can discuss that a little bit later yeah yeah um because <clears throat> that's it's interesting yeah for sure yeah i mean yeah it's like a whole world she's painted and um mm-hmm. yeah like yeah i say that's like a, an, an amazing feat to accomplish for any musical artist is to create this world and i know we sort of talked about a little bit on our episode with king cruel about how he sees king cruel as a character and right and he kind of becomes that character when he's creating or performing yeah which is why he has student archie marshall was his real name and that's why he has different pseudonyms and things because when he creates king cruel music it's a certain vibe 
visual sonic atmosphere sort right. of thing. And, uh, you know, for someone like Anna Calvi, like, um, she's not a character, that's her name, but she's creating this world, mm-hmm. you know, with her music sort of thing. So same kind of idea as Archie, yeah. but she's creating it about her real self. Yeah. yeah. And herself is the character. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. know, and she's creating yeah. that world to be in, yeah, yeah. To, to communicate yeah. how she's feeling, yeah. to invite other people to... You know, saying it's okay to feel like this. Yeah. It's okay to feel like that. Yeah. And yeah. let's, uh, you know, let's discuss this yeah, yeah. through music. Yeah. And through what you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, while you're listening to this music. And she does a really great job of it. It's super dynamic. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, I mean, yeah. So she's been described as like a guitarist mm-hmm. virtuoso. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of one of her, <clears throat> her things. She plays guitar at most of her live shows. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's heavily influenced by, at least one influenced by Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. That's actually who she said got her into wanting to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was watching the Woodstock uh, performance from Jimi Hendrix. Epic. Yeah. And that's a great <clears throat> documentary as well. And because it's kind of like a documentary interspersed with live performances. I don't know if you've ever seen the original old Woodstock movie. No, I've seen, I've seen clips <clears throat> here and there, but I've not seen that movie. We, hen- we need to go back to all these episodes and write down all the movies that we need to watch. We're going to have the most epic movie night. We're going to have the most epic playlist of movies. Yeah. Everyone's invited. Yeah, absolutely. Come down to Signal Studio. We'll put a projector up and we'll, uh, we'll eat popcorn. And- yeah. Well, there's going to be space in the new space. Exactly, yeah. yeah. In the new Signal there, Radio there, space. Exactly, there will be, yeah. The, yeah. the thing that you yeah. see on video now is not where we're going to be in yeah. the near future. Yeah. And that's super epic and we're super excited. Exactly. To um, be announced. To be announced. TBD. Um, but we're talking about Anna Calvi tonight. Well, what was I saying about that? <laughs> I brought up the movie. <clears throat> the movie oh, the uh, Woodstock. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, so she um, saw him playing. And it and it was like his interlude between songs. He was just like jamming out on the guitar with like some spanish Yeah, it thing. wasn't a Jimi Hendrix song yeah, that was, she was drawn yeah, to. he was just riffing away kind of thing. It was a, yeah, ad-lib, yeah, improv. Yeah, yeah. On stage live. Yeah, and that's what she saw, and she was like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, But also, like, I think, um, I'm not sure how old she was when she saw that, but apparently, like, she came from kind of a musical background, because both her parents are actually therapists. I'm not kind of sure what Mm -hmm. type of therapy they do or anything like that, but they're also amateur musicians. And um, her dad was really heavily into music, and... um, and uh she like she said the first record she bought was a david bowie album um because her her dad was playing david bowie in the car or something like that and initially she thought it was kind of weird and he thought she thought her voice his voice was weird and funny kind of thing but then at a certain point she decided she liked it and she wanted to buy a david bowie album so she went to the record store and she basically like looked through all of the david bowie covers and she picked the one that she liked the most mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is like an iconic cover um and i'm i'm ballsing on the name right now i should have the name right in front of me but um, come on bro this, this is, is roots the, to grooves uh, we have all the answers uh, i know yeah oh it was uh called A- aladdin sane <clears throat> aladdin aladdin sane sane yeah and it was a uh, like a front-on picture of david bowie i think um, with his hair all crazy, white background kind mm-hmm. of thing. Very stark image. Um, that was her first album that she got. Um, 
But she actually like played violin from like super young. And it wasn't until she was like eight or nine that she like started learning to play guitar um, by herself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah. think Anna began playing violin at violin yeah, yeah. at age six. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. just taking that one step back, yeah, yeah, yeah. she learned violin, her first instrument at age six, and then, um, yeah, started with guitar at eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <clears throat> eight or nine is like when she bought that album as well, the Bowie album kind of thing. So, Which makes a lot of sense to, yeah. for David Bowie because he's known for being, um, I don't know if I can say the right word, androgynous. Yeah. yeah. You know, neither male or female, kind of both yeah, yeah. or neither. Yeah, yeah. And she's kind of encapsulated that too. Yeah. Um, you know, and we can kind of jump to that little, um, you know, piece of what we're talking about here yeah, because yeah. she she came out. Yeah. As as gay. Yeah. yeah. At some point. Yeah, I think she said. And, she, uh, she came out to her parents, I think, when she was a teenager or something. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, she said she experienced some kind of homophobia when she was like 17 or 18, when she was out and about with her first girlfriend kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is an aspect that I didn't really know about her at all. Like, I just like dive into her music and I've subsequently and through the process of researching for this show kind of thing, her, her stories right. and her comments around that sort of stuff. And, um, and, uh, and also, yeah, like some commenters saying about how her live performances, she kind of appears in a kind of androgynous sort of way. <clears throat> yeah. Like live kind of hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Especially live. Yeah. Um, one thing that she said was the powers of lust, are mm. an inspiration, mm. uh, you know, specifically live, and her performances are deliberately sexually charged. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so she's definitely kind of encapsulating this, yeah, you know, kind of, you know, I don't know if it, I don't, I'm not trying to be non PC, but like queer mm-hmm. aesthetic, yeah, and and exploring that, yeah, uh, about who she is and yeah. and what other people could be yeah. or. Or you know the the general acceptance mm-hmm. of of feeling those feelings you know yeah, yeah and so I think that's super cool and uh. I don't know just to compare that to one of her influences which we're talking about Bowie oh, yeah 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 because so, yeah, yeah Bowie was like yeah very kind of in the seventies when he was like out and about being mm-hmm. like promoted and that and stuff like that he seemed very he was super skinny like almost skeletal kind yeah. of thing and and he had this and he wore all this makeup which at the time was like kind of taboo i think or you know or just strange you know well, i think it was yeah. like like glam rock was like just starting to be a thing you know about gla- the whole glam mm-hmm. rock like i guess kiss and that wing i mean but they did they did makeup on purpose to disguise themselves the same as like alice cooper sort of thing right but um but i think the glam rock thing was about like sort of like guys like wearing tight pants and doing like their eyes and i mean yeah full makeup yeah, yeah. or wigs yeah yeah crazy yeah um but, but you know then, outfits and everything and then david bowie was in that same period as all of that was happening but he was doing his own thing mm-hmm. which i think sort of like threw people off yeah because he looked like a girl sometimes like he made himself look like a girl kind of thing mm-hmm. and all that sort yeah of thing. he was and, definitely rocking the androgynous yeah yeah, yeah embodying the androgynous yeah yeah you know kind of way yeah because he wasn't trying to be like 
any one way like whoa i'm a man making man exactly, music yeah, or yeah. i'm a i'm a girl making girly music he's just like fuck all of that well he's not trying to conform that, right yeah thing, just right? like i'm not yeah. conforming to anything yeah. that you think or that you see yeah and she's kind of she's taking that yeah that that kind of vibe and kind of rocking with that yeah yeah which is cool that you know david bowie is a huge artist who kind of opened up a lot of people to these ideas yeah yeah and made it more mainstream and made it more okay yeah, yeah. And made it more accepting, you know, in general, yeah. which which is amazing. And yeah. It, it's cool to see somebody take that on to the next, you know, generation. Yeah. And it's, it's also, you know, because like a lot of the artists we talk about on the show, uh, some of them have the DIY, DIY approach. Yeah. And the DIY. The DIY. The DIY. Is that what I said? The DIY. Uh, I don't know. It goes good either, either way. Yeah. Um, and then others that we talk about have uh, gone from obscurity to being signed to major label, like Alexandra Savior, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, and also like Anna Calvi because she um, just kind of wrote songs by herself and did some shows, had some early bands that she'd formed, um, but she ultimately her first thing, like she never she's never been someone that's self released anything herself. Like she just did the shows and then she got kind of spotted by, for lack of a better word, A&R people for Domino Records. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually A&R. Apparently it was a guy from uh, the band Co- The Coral. I don't know if you know about them. They were sort of big in the early 2000s in the UK. Never heard of the name. Yeah, indie rock band. And I think it was a member of that band um, that saw her play and then mentioned uh, to Domino Records label owner or label runner, um, that you should sign her. <laughs> he just said you should sign her. He didn't say you, you should, should check her out. He's just like, you should sign her. And so, um, and that's kind of her route into the industry. Um, and, and yeah, like, because we're talking about the image thing, I think it's interesting because, you know, for, I mean, Domino Records a good label. I think that's the label Arctic Monkeys are on. Well, that's what I was just looking it up. Yeah, yeah Arctic yeah. Monkeys are. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to confirm that. Yeah, yeah. And I just looked it up. So Arctic Monkeys, also Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah. You know, The Kills. Yeah. So they're you know. a good label and very specific in the types of music that they put out, I think. Yeah, and, seems uh, so. But it's also like every artist on their label is kind of like big, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I mean, right. they're sort of like pretty big well they've become big artists sort of thing yeah but also i guess it's like it's probably a great label for her to be on because like i was saying if she had been signed to like a sony or a columbia or emi or whatever and go through what alexandra savior went through initially where um you know they want to make an image out of you Mm -hmm. sort of thing um you know and try and make you into this packageable sellable yeah, like, artist great we recognize you as a young aspiring artist yeah who do you want to be like what are we going to turn you into exactly yeah yeah so but, you, you know with someone like anna calby like she's very specific in mm-hmm. all of this like specifically like, non-specific like i'm yeah. specifically not a man or a woman yeah yeah and don't peg me as either yeah i'm gonna make music is yeah, that's yeah. all don't paint me as this like sultry yeah, woman to like you know the image end of yeah it there's no narrative of of yeah. this or that yeah, yeah like take me for what i am yeah, yeah. i make music exactly. that's the bottom line yeah, yeah. which yeah. i think domino is a good record label to do that on because they seem to embrace 
the artists that they sign. They don't try to mold them into anything. Yeah, that's they like find people that are good and, and enhance that. Yeah, they enhance it and push yeah. that and like, yeah. yeah, do your thing. We're going to support that. Mm-hmm. As far as I've seen and what I've been reading about, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're in full support and they obviously can pick some good artists yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, some yeah. good artists that, that will benefit the record label and everybody wins. Yeah, yeah. When the, when the band is doing something good, what they want, you know, they have creative control yeah, yeah. and the, the label's making money. Yeah. Everyone wins. It's great. Certainly. So, yeah, I mean, so to, to rewind back to where we're saying, she bought the Bowie album. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, she went to university in Southampton in, in England, I think, for a music degree. But she was doing violin, actually. And she graduated as a violin player and studying music. Yeah, that's awesome. So you got a degree in music. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, she's knowing her stuff. Yeah. And, and then after that, she was a, a guitar teacher? Yeah. Or a music? I had no idea about this. That's crazy. Yeah. And so she taught, um, that's how she was making a living before she got signed, was by teaching guitar. And, uh, and she, said, <laughs> she said a few things about this. She said, like, one, she like, felt she was a bad teacher only because she self-taught herself. Like, as much as she'd learned about classical music and violin and mm-hmm. everything like that, you know, she taught herself how to play the guitar. And uh, and so when, like, people were, like, she was teaching people, they would want to, like, basically want to come to her to learn how to play songs kind of thing. Right. So she'd have students that would come to her and would, like, want to play this ACDC song kind of thing. And she said she was disorganized and she'd like figure it out like eight minutes before the the person was supposed to come over that she's supposed to learn, learn this song so she could teach the person how to play it. Right. Thing. And she said it was actually like it, it worked in her favor because it trained her ear because she had to learn all of these songs that she wouldn't all normally do. Mm-hmm. And she would pick it up by ear. So basically a student would be like, I want to play this ACDC song eight minutes before the, the thing she'd, uh, put the song on and she'd figure it out by ear how to play it and then and then she would teach it to the um person that came up that's incredible because that's so well-rounded yeah yeah i don't have any music i i'm self-taught yeah i play by ear yeah me too yeah and i'm always trying to learn more about music theory and scales and whatnot but so valuable to have gone you know for other people not me but it must be so valuable to have gone to school to learn these, you know, theories, music theory, these, you know, mm-hmm. scales, these kind of more specific things, mm. and then also get experience with just, hey, play this. Okay, I got to figure it out by ear. Yeah. And learning by ear. Yeah. And then being able to have both of those skills, that's such a well-rounded musician kind of thing right there. Yeah, I love definitely, it. yeah. It sounds like that she didn't, I mean, I guess she must have employed some of her knowledge of of training in well, music to be able to do that 100 percent. yeah yeah um but you know we've we've discussed other artists like shigeto for example who mm-hmm. who felt that like that guy's dope yeah but like feeling that learning about music knowledge was destroying his passion for like <laughs> yeah and he he straight up dropped out of and he straight out dropped out of it music yeah. school in, yeah, yeah. in new york and he's like i'm gone i'm i'm moving yeah. to yeah michigan exactly yeah <laughs> But like, yeah, so she, she did that and, um, yeah, and she said it worked in her favor, it trained her ear mm-hmm. 
um, in, in being able to like just basically listen to anything and figure out how to play it. Um, totally. Which is amazing, yeah. Yeah, so, so she put in her work is basically what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. She started from the bottom. Now she's here. Well, yeah, she, you know, I guess just, she, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Just, just kind of yeah. little synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Grew up playing violin, moved to guitar, mm-hmm. went to school for music, mm-hmm. taught music, mm-hmm. and learned more. Because mm-hmm. one of the best ways to, to learn things about the one of the best ways to learn about a subject is to teach that subject to somebody else. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard, and that's what I've seen in my life. Yeah. It's different for me. Like, if I learn something, I need to put it into practice for myself. Or mm-hmm. actually, let me backtrack and say that because I'm a self-taught person as well. Um, but I, I have a strange learning technique where I, I can't, I can't learn for learning's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I have to immediately put it into practice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm learning about, like, chords and the guitar kind of thing, it's only so I can d- immediately put those chords into a song. Kind of yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is, like, you know. So it's like, I don't know. Let's play another track of her first album. Yeah, let's hit it up. Self-titled Anna Calvi. This is the album that really um, I got into. And it wasn't actually the album it was like a youtube live performance thing i think i saw of her and her two band members because she has like this three-piece band Mm -hmm. um with her on guitars and vocals a really good drummer and like a percussionist lady who also plays many instruments she she like plays like harmonium live and like percussion and she does backing vocals as well but that three-piece like if you go on YouTube and check out some really old Anna Calvi live performance stuff of them playing, it's like amazing. And I think that's kind of how I first discovered her music and the way they filmed it nice. as well really like captured the vibe of that album as well. Kind of the, the lounge velvet curtains in the background, red lights and stuff like that kind of thing. But I love um, it. I love it. But yes, so let's play like one more song from that album and then we'll we'll be back. This is called I'll Be Your Man. Loaded with dynamics. Sick. That guitar work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hella dynamic. Yeah, because like, it's like she's got really loud moments in that track, but like super soft, like close-up mic mm-hmm. work kind of thing as well. It's just like, that's, it's like a movie. That mm-hmm. song to me yeah, is like a movie. It's, it's theatrical. It's dy- dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the guitar work is, is awesome because it's like guitar, but it's so emotional. Yeah, yeah. Like emotionally charged. And it, it's intimate. Yeah. I feel like all her stuff is, is pretty intimate. Yeah, absolutely. One way or another, and and she goes soft, and she goes hard. Her her, she's right up on the mic singing softly. Yeah, yeah. and then she's singing loud. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and she's telling a story. Yeah, yeah, even I don't know what the lyrics she's saying. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but she's telling me a story, and I can get the vibe. Exactly. Yeah. One way or another. And um, also, I forgot to say the first chart we played was called Suzanne and I from that album. Um, Anna Calvi, 2011, that came out. And uh, Brian Eno was singing backing vocals. I was going to say, that's... On that first track. Um, yes. Did we already, was Brian Eno in our last episode? Did yeah, we, he, yeah, he was yeah. brought up again. Yeah. Two in yeah. a row. Yeah, we talked about him. Like, this is the weird 
kismet, I like to say, or like um, synchronicity. Synchronicity is another way to say it. Yeah. Uh, of overlapping inspirations mm-hmm. and, and strangeness that happens here in the Roots to Goof studio. Yes. Um, no, it's well, that's one of the cool things of discovering all, and researching all these different bands that we have or have not heard yeah, yeah. about and seeing the similarities yeah, yeah. and the, the, the small world yeah, exactly. that we live yeah. in and the, the small kind of ecosystem. And there's people from here, people from there, but there's connections yeah, yeah. where you wouldn't expect them. And, and the other thing I want to say about this is because this album is produced by a guy called Rob Ellis, mm-hmm. who is PJ Harvey's producer mm-hmm. since the early 90s. Uh, and he's worked with PJ Harvey as not only a producer, but as a musician and an arranger. And I really love PJ Harvey's music. Like she is a massive inspiration on me. And um, and I think that's also why I, why I liked Anna Calvi when I first heard her music, because to me, it sort of fit that world, mm-hmm. that sonic world and vibe that PJ Harvey has as well, kind of thing. Right. Um, and so it was a surprise to me to find out that it was actually produced by that's longtime PJ Harvey collaborator. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as familiar as you are, but that sounds great. I'll have to check him out or check her out. PJ. Yeah. Have you not really heard any PJ Harvey at all? Not. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. I'm not. I don't know. I guess yeah. I wouldn't know. I mean, she's super established. We could. She's established to the point of Radiohead established. So okay, I feel okay. like we 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 have to do. I've ep- heard of Radiohead. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like at some point we should just do episodes on some of these uh, bigger artists. I know that's not really what Signal's about. We're about like but the underground there. culture. But you know, we're 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 stretching into those realms mm-hmm. here. But on when Rooster you grooves where we need to connect those patterns a little bit. Exactly. When you can about, see the oh, connection, yeah. like these neural. Yeah, synapses exactly. connecting yeah. in the the music industry um ecosystem yeah you got to tell the story yeah yeah like because we get to this point it's like we're telling a story but there's a hint of the backs the backstory exactly like, yeah, what, yeah, what happened yeah, in the past yeah, there's yeah. more to this story that yeah. we're not telling exactly it's and, like and the family the tree it's like a family tree of music or something like that yeah no it, yeah. it literally is it's yeah. music is a conversation yeah, exactly. Yeah, all these different artists coming out with different music, adding on to each other, stealing from each other, yeah. helping each other, yeah. producing each other. It's it's all the same ecosystem, and it's super cool. That's why I'm so interested in it all. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so her first album came out in 2011, and um, like, like we said, Brian Eno was on it. Uh, Rob Ellis, Ellis produced it, mm-hmm. she, and that, that track that Brian Eno was on is super good, called um, "Desire" and "Suzanne and I." Right? Uh, yeah, uh, is that the first the, track we played tonight? Suzanne and I. He's on that. Yeah, and he's also okay. on "Desire." Okay, got you. Yeah. But yeah, I think you know both those tracks are, you know, at, at least one of them was seductive and a little scary. Yeah, you know, in that di- yeah. kind of dynamic way. <laughs> well, she got some like great reviews from this album, like. Um, one of them was from Uncut Magazine, and I'm, I'm quoting this now, but she said, they said, uh, this isn't just a great debut, it's a fearless rejection of current pop trends, fashioning a benchmark of intensity and originality that the rest of this year's albums will struggle to match. Damn. Yeah. And the Fly Magazine said it was arresting, sparse, and darkly captivating listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arresting. And, yeah. And there's a bunch of other like great reviews, like really sort of, yeah, talking about that sound kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's really does it. Um, yeah, and she's so I mean she's a solo artist, 
yeah, yeah. Know, she's producing the stuff by, by herself. So she, uh, her approach basically is she writes everything by herself and she demos everything by herself uh-huh. on, get this, an eight-track tape recorder. I saw that <laughs> and I made a note, eight-track. Eight-track. We've doubled. Not four tracks. From eight like tracks. literally every other Rooster Grooves episode, there's been a four-track mentioned. Yeah. And she's on an eight-track. So we're moving to the future. Exactly. And, um, and she says she's not technically minded. She doesn't like computers like you. She doesn't like anything like she likes her technology hey, i like some stuff you said i don't like anything i said you don't like anything hey. he doesn't like anything i got these hater pe- i got these peanuts for him and he didn't like him i don't need those kind <laughs> yeah right i'm just joking no <laughs> you don't like anything <laughs> computer wise i've said it i i stand by that and um yeah she said like she just likes it to be simple like if you can just press record and do it like that's what she's about that's what you need and she focused most of her time not on like the production side of things but like on uh, collecting instruments like she has like timpani apparently that she got a hold of at a certain time timpani um, timpani did i see like uh, timpani like drum timpani yeah like the big, the big, big in the orchestras yeah yeah i played that in in high school yeah, band yeah. i never played one of those they seem fun it is it was fun <laughs> just banging away <laughs> Makes a big boomy sound, right? Or yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so she cool. has one of those at home. That's and, uh, epic. That's awesome. And she's got like a banjo, a sitar, a piano, a bunch of guitars, obviously. Um, and uh, a harmonium is something that she got into. Um, uh, she said she heard a friend playing it, and she tried it out, and she really loved the sound of it, and she got it herself, and it ended up being like an integral. S- like part of her sound for like her album i think um i'm not sure if it was the first album or the second album where she used a lot of harmonium on mm-hmm. but um yeah that sort of became like a texture that she really loved it goes back to back yeah. again and she she actually said it was like more of an indian instrument and it's used a lot in indian music traditional indian music mm-hmm. with like tablas and sitars and harmonium cool um but she's using it in a completely new way so like re we, you know, and I've heard harmonium used in different. I'm pretty sure like Damon Albans used it or something like that, and, and sure, various yeah, other artists. But um, yeah, it is a, it is, it's like a droney. I guess if no one knows what harmonium is, it's kind of like this little organ piano thing, but it's like this box that's pretty small, and it kind of sounds mm-hmm. like an accordion a little bit. Um, so it's kind of like those sort of droney sort of sounds and mid-range, high-pitched sort of tones kind of thing, like an like a Casio keyboard or something. I guess, but it's not, it's not one where you like blow into it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like um, I think there might be like an accordion type of thing where you have like a, a, a like a some kind of air compression air thing. Yeah, where you have to like move the air okay to create the sound cool sounds yeah. fun yeah yeah so that'd be fun to mess around with i was going to yeah. say on the on the subject of what kind of um instrument she's using mm-hmm. and uh, equipment she has I, one of her main um guitars is an american made fender telecaster mm-hmm. and you know i just want to say that since she's such a kind of guitar centric yeah. artist yeah. that she often features guitar and that's kind of her main one and then she uses a vintage red Vox AC30 or AC30. Amplifier. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. 
Uh, I, I think it's amplifier, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's what the A means. Um. Yeah. I don't know. What would you say it was? Did you Google it? No, I just wrote it down. <laughs> what was it? A, 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 a Vox? Vox. Yeah. AC30. Hey. Obviously, I'm not doing enough of my research. I'm sorry to everybody. I'll, I'll do better next time. That's the wonder of the internet. We can just do this live. We can do it live. What I was thinking when I wrote it down was it was like a, she has her guitar and then she has a, a, a box. Yeah. You know, like it, a stomp box. It, type. Yeah, it is an amp. Okay, so it's an amp. Cool. So that's that classic amp. I've, I've certainly seen yeah, that. Yeah, we, I think, yeah. Google it, people. Google or, it yourself. <laughs> or, I get, or I guess we can put it up on the screen right now. There it is. I've seen that before for sure. Okay, now I know. Yeah, now sure, I know. I'm sure everyone's... We could have put that up a long time ago, couldn't we? But yeah, but I like doing the click thing because it makes it seem like magic. <laughs> uh, we're about the magic here. Um, yeah. But that's cool. And she uses that both live and in the studio. Nice. To yeah. record. To create a sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like, I think, as, you know, her go-to kind of vibe for guitar and stuff and... But I also want to say about her guitar playing in general as well is because, um, like, she uh, has said before that she sees it as an extension of her voice um, and uh, that she, you know, wants the guitar to sing, basically. And mm -hmm. so she ha she employs all these various techniques that she's been inspired from the, from different types of music, from like Jimi Hendrix guitar playing, um, and uh, also like African music apparently as well, sort of thing. And also she's like uh, listened to a lot of like um, classical music, like Debussy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and try and she said she wants her guitar to be able to kind of create that vibe and that sound and that feeling that she gets from listening to that classical music mm -hmm. um, yeah right so, so this is all going into her guitar playing and the other thing to say is about her singing as well is that she actually said she didn't start singing until she was in her 20s or something like that because she's always scared of it yeah she's like yeah. kind of had a, a thing about it like she was yeah, kind of yeah, really yeah. scared yeah, to yeah. the point where she would avoid it exactly yeah. even though she was yeah. obviously interested in it yeah yeah and then she like, or used to sing. She said the only way she had to get through it was like locking herself away and um, singing like Nina Simone songs mm -hmm. and Edith Piaf, I think, or something like that. Right, um, and she just kind of isolate herself and then sing along to these albums yeah, yeah. And, and feel her own voice out. Yeah, which is crazy because like she's got two things going on that are really strong. Her guitar playing is amazing and intricate and inspired by itself. Like, like we just said, taking on these different inspirations mm -hmm. to make her guitar sing and be an emotive instrument. Right. So that she can express her emotions through her playing is one thing. And then and then her voice, considering the fact that she didn't really want to do it or was shy of it kind of thing, now she has this like amazing op operatic voice to herself. Right. Like she has this amazing range. Yeah. Like, like we just said in that song, like where she can be up close to the microphone doing this thing and then she could be way back and mm -hmm. belting it out kind yeah of thing like certainly it's, dynamic she has an amazing voice like yeah operatic yeah yeah, yeah for sure theatrical her yeah, voice yeah, is yeah. it's dynamic it's low it's it's high <laughs> she's she's hitting lower registers and she's going into higher registers yeah. uh same with the guitar yeah you know it's loud yeah. and in your face and then it's real subdued yeah. and real intimate exactly yeah 
And I mean, that's one of the, the things when I was listening to her stuff, I was like, like, wow, I can't expect the next song to be like the last song mm-hmm. or the same energy. Yeah. Like I kind of got to attentively listen to it and be like, oh, okay, here's where we're going. Yeah. Take me away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, we're talking about, yeah, that was her debut album. Yeah. And then she came out with her next album, One Breath. Yeah, in 2013. Um, this one was, uh, I'm not sure where she recorded the first one. I think it was in London, but the second one was recorded in Black Box Studios in France. Yeah, by uh, John. Yeah, different producer this time. Kong, Kong Letton. Yeah. <laughs> I I really look up his name because uh, well I looked at his pa- Wikipedia page. Well, so uh, what I saw one, one breath was recorded at Black Box Studios in France, like you said, yeah. and then also like part or half of it was Elmwood Recording Studios in Dallas, Texas. There you go, yeah, yeah. Here in the good old United States of, of A of A, I was going to say that, bro. You can't <laughs> just take my jokes, whatever. Jeez, the British guy taking away the Americans. Uh, I was I was trying to be ironic, and you it's fine. That's it's fine. fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just continue your stroke by trying to pronounce the producer's name again. That'll be good. So this was also a really good album, and one of the things that she said about it was, "One breath is the moment before you've got to open up or open yourself up," mm-hmm. and it's about how terrifying that is. Mm-hmm. It's scary and it's thrilling. It's also full of hope because whatever has to happen hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, that's a super cool perspective and cool way to see your art piece. Yeah. You know, so it's very storytelling and, and kind of, you know, dynamic. Yeah. I thought about that line as I was reading it. And um, yeah, I thought about like, okay, so for me, like my moment of, um, about to open yourself out i think i don't know what it made me think about was like sort of i don't know weird shit but like business stuff or whatever times in meetings in corporate america Mm -hmm. the bunch of people kind of thing and being nervous and young and wanting to say something but being nervous about it that's what it made me think of kind of thing right um i guess i guess any situation where you feel for me at least my interpretation of that was any situation I'm in where I don't feel comfortable when I've, you know, I'm not sure how what I'm about to say is to going to be received. Yeah, sort of something's, something's going to happen, but you yeah, don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But you're going to go through with it. Yeah, yeah. And like knowing that you're going through something and you don't know what's on the other side exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I guess it could also be seen as like risk kind of thing, like mm-hmm. sort of whatever you might may or might not do a certain time or situation in your life kind of thing right it's like should i shouldn't i and then yeah one breath that moment just before yeah that lunging into something and that paints a picture for the that title one breath yeah yeah. it's like a like that last breath you take before like yeah let's go there you go yeah yeah let's do it yeah yeah. we already thought it it, we thought about it (laughs) There's nothing else to do but do it and see what happens. It's like Reese Grooves. How many hours did we spend on that first breath? Or ye- or years before doing this show? We were just like... <gasps> oh, <for> like uh, <laughs> over a year. Over a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, just thinking. Just thinking. Planning. Uh, perspiring. You know, this show's been like 
three years in the making at this point, so I hope everyone's enjoying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, and we're we're just getting started. Yeah, just we're just learning. We're here to learn with everybody else. That's the whole thing. Exactly. We don't talk about what we're talking about before we start hitting record. Exactly. Yeah. We do our own separate research, and then we come yeah. together and just talk about it like normal people. Yeah, yeah. Have a conversation is our goal, and you know, so we're here to research and learn along with everybody else because that's what life is about is learning and researching and, and yeah. progressing so that's what we're trying to do here yeah and and we love it we have a good time here don't we jay i, I have a i enjoy it's this just a good immensely. time every week yeah yeah so hopefully everyone's having a good time listening to it um too we're talking about anna calvi today yeah so yeah that was a great way to explain the title one mm-hmm. breath i feel like she does this for every album apart from obviously her first one where she didn't have a title for it it was just her own name um but um she talks about this jumping ahead a little bit but you know for hunter was her next album in 2018 and uh she also said about that album where she um wrote a lot of songs before she found what the album is going to be about mm-hmm. thing um and she wrote the song hunter and when it was when she wrote that song, she realized thematically and everything like that what the album should be about, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, jumping ahead, we're going to jump back <laughs> for a second, but I just wanted to and say we're that. Back. Yeah, but I just wanted to say that. No, that's like great. Thing. Yeah, it's like a, it seems to be like going forward, that's like her, it seems to be a little bit of her, I don't want to say that's her complete approach, but it's like part of her thought process and whatever. And, way of um approaching these albums and music and what she's going to talk about and yes this, this again talking about the albums like the album being a statement like mm-hmm. she's not an artist it's like trying to make singles and she makes album i think she unlike men i trust that we just last talked about who made a lot of singles i don't think anna calvi does that at this point in her career she just makes albums she doesn't make in between singles or mm-hmm. eps or anything like that she just does the albums kind of thing right like yeah. yeah, that's respectable. I love it. Yeah. Like having an intention to make something specific, yeah, yeah. rather than I'm going to make this, I'm going to make that, and see what happens. That's yeah, yeah. that's also a valid way to do stuff. Yeah, there's no answers. That's the beauty of this all. It's different as well because she has the backing of a label. And she right. has people behind her helping her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a different approach as well. Like you know, yeah, hundred percent. Another note that I had was that it, this album took six weeks and it was less of a challenge to complete than the previous album yeah which is you know just a little fun fact and then i also had another quote that she described this album Mm -hmm. so if you will all allow me dim the lights jesse's corner i wanted this is alva kalini quote alva kalini what did i (laughs) anna calvi Alva, Alva Kellini. <laughs> I just say random stuff and hope it sounds good. You just fucked up. You just bulged up your most point. <laughs> yeah. That, Sound like an opera singer. Whew. Alva, Alva Kellini. <laughs> no, like ahead, a ma- magician or something named. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wanted to explore the feeling of being out of control and how this can be very scary and yet thrilling at the same time. It's always important to me that the music tells the story as much as the lyrics. So I was very focused on creating rich textures and a lot of atmosphere for the songs to exist in. This record was made during quite a turbulent time in my life, and I like the way I can feel in the music when I listen back. Yeah. Anna. Anna. 
she said that yeah and i i'm not gonna try to mispronounce her name again (laughs) (laughs) alva kelly um yeah no that's great yeah that's like amazing if you can create something um because i think as music listeners right like we have certain things that we listen to throughout Mm -hmm. our lives and uh, for me at least there's like certain albums or songs i'll go back to and it will instantly remind me of that time right in life right thing but if you're creating music in this way and she's able to i don't know if reindulge is the correct way to say that sort of thing but like for her to be able to revisit maybe mm-hmm. her prior feelings by listening to her own music yeah or or even not that even just the ability to just be able to express that and then move on kind of mm-hmm. thing, like cathartic sort of thing. I, that's exactly yeah. the word i was going to use yeah kind of allowing yourself uh building yourself an opportunity to to reflect on yeah, yeah. For yourself, for, yeah, your, yeah. for your own self. And then that could be obviously listened to and experienced by other people yeah. with their own context and, and perceptions yeah. added on. And that can mean, you know, individual things to individual people. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's not, it's not finite. Yeah. I think like, well, it's like, it's hard to not jump ahead because when you say these certain things, it reminds me of like something she said about a later album kind mm-hmm. of thing as well. Um, well let's move on i'm we're done <laughs> but this album's tapped one breath is good it's super good though well let's I'm, let's play one track off of that and then and then we'll to cut okay. up things and then and, uh, then and then we'll move on to hunter to hunter um, her next album 2018 uh 2013 was one breath so there's a little bit of time between albums but mm-hmm. you know artists tour and they do things so you're staying busy don't get us wrong exactly but um let's play this track um eliza from one breath. Sounds good. That was from one breath. A track called Eliza from Ellen Calby. Good stuff. Like dynamic, and that's that's one of her ranges of kind of being more you know explosive yeah, yeah you know like it's just kind of pounding drums yeah, yeah the straight beat yeah louder strong vocals yeah yeah super great yeah, and powerful and maybe even more powerful if, when you listen to the rest of the album you know yeah for sure yeah yeah i think you know it's a beginning to end experience yeah if people don't listen to albums you should go and listen to albums beginning to end you get something out of it you get some i think it's like um uh we keep saying this because everyone listens to songs but like i feel like you can listen to a song to beginning to end and you can get a feeling but if you listen to an album from beginning to end you get a whole nother feeling mm-hmm. and, yeah um and i feel like she's one of these artists where if you do that then you will get a different um feeling at the end of your journey of listening to the whole album. yeah totally that's that's like, what it's about uh, listening yeah. to a whole album is like a journey it's a process yeah and I think that resonates with most people. Yeah. If if you put more work into something, it feels more worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it feels better. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And here on Rooster Groove, we, we definitely recommend listening to a full album. Yeah. When we recommend it, do yeah. whatever you want at home. Yeah, do whatever you want. But I mean, That's what it's all yeah. about, doing whatever you want. But we're talking about 
artists on these shows and we're traversing their career and their mm-hmm. albums and, and the albums are the are the big things you know yeah and we only say this, this stuff like listen to the whole album because i a lot of time that's what we feel like the artist wants you to ex- how, how they want you to experience their art that they're yeah, releasing yeah. Mm-hmm. not necessarily like that's why they release an album yeah usually it's with a purpose and that's what we're here to say yeah exactly yeah uh, and uh, yeah, and, and that's the major thing with Anna Kelvey, and that's kind of what. Um, that's why I wanted to jump ahead to the next album, and, and now we're here, <laughs> 2018. Boom, Hunter, 2018, Hunter. Um, it's art rock. It's yeah. post punk. Yeah. You want me to go on? I got yeah, more. Go, yeah, go. Ahead. It's eerie. <laughs> it's gothic. Theatrical vocals, like we heard on that last track, yeah, yeah. same kind of stuff. Like she can go powerful, she can go intimate and soft, yeah. but she she can go upper register, mm. you know, kind of higher and you know strong, powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of a musky voice. Yeah, but like you know, she she has that that dynamic range of her voice, and I think that's one of her strong suits, along with her dynamic guitar playing and general production. And then um, one one short phrase quote that she said was this album was exploring something genderless Mm. Mm -hmm. which is you know just kind of cool and she's kind of on that same path of uh you know i guess you know gender or what that means or what your your the sexuality that you feel you are what that means or or if it means anything Yeah, yeah or where you stand on that or at least breaking down the barriers to have a discussion yeah yeah and and I think that's cool that she's opening this, the discussion. Yeah, I think like sort of maybe the one way that came about uh, that subject matter is because um, during this album she said she moved to France with her girlfriend and she didn't know anyone mm-hmm. in France and so she spent a lot of time uh, writing and also reflecting kind of thing and, um, you know, thinking about her own identity and what her own identity is in the world. Mm-hmm. Like she said something along the lines of like, you know, something to do with like the performance of like being a person in this world kind of thing, or maybe for her, especially just being a woman in the world kind of thing and having this performance kind of thing of being a person and so on stage, I guess as well. And she was like saying about how if she like let all of that go away and forget about the performance side of things, like what's left sort of mm-hmm. thing. And that was like, and that was a part of her exploring her identity and living in a new country and not knowing anyone and everything like that. And, uh, you know, she also said about this album that she, um, it's kind of, this sounds a little bit dark to me, but I don't know. She said like, if this is the last record she ever wrote or recorded, like, what did she want to say? Kind of thing. Hmm. And, um, and so she really thought, long and hard about that and that process of writing this album of um you know just being like um you know she wanted to be substantial and she she wanted it to like be really strong and to say what she had to say at that moment in time kind of thing you know as if it was her last ever thing that she ever did right that's pretty heavy it's pretty powerful yeah so yeah, that was sort of where all of her thought process into that. And then, um, I mean, that's just one of the cool yeah. things that how, how much thought and effort she's putting into the, yeah, the you know, the idea of what she's creating, yeah, not yeah. just what guitar part is there, what's the drum beat, 
Yeah, you know, yeah it's like, not even about that. It's about right. like a yeah, like another level of you know, feeling coming at it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, storytelling. Yeah, what's the yeah. vibe? What are we trying to communicate? Yeah, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's an explore exploration of queer intimacy and self love. Yeah, and that's Hunter. Yeah. So uh, this one was produced by a guy called Nick Lu Luat. Uh, I even now pronounce last name sometimes, Matt. La Lanay? Lanay? Lanay. Apparently, he's one of the most sought after producers in the world. Oh, I don't know his name. Because he's uh, produced stuff for Nick Cave and The Bad Seeds, Idols, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, and Arcade hmm. okay. Fire. Okay, okay. So he produced this one. So she works, she's worked with different producers on each album. Mm -hmm. Um. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, just like scanning my notes right now to see if there's anything else. I have yeah. To say. No, I mean, that's, I mean, we said some pretty powerful stuff about where she was coming from. Yeah. Them, so. No, I think, I think what the, the point we're making is that each of her albums has a lot of heart and a lot of soul. Yeah. You know, from what she's, her perspective, her persona, what she believes and what she's trying to learn about, what she's mm. trying to feel. Um, and she's trying to communicate that. And, mm -hmm. and ask these questions, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think that's cool. Mm. Like just kind of opening this conversation, like, what do you think? Who am I? Mm -hmm. What am I? Mm -hmm. Who are we? Who are you? Mm -hmm. You know, just, just kind of vaguely going over what I feel like her vibes are. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but all, each of these albums, you know, like you said, it's a different producer, but she's putting just as much effort into it in a slightly different way and trying to tackle each album as a, as a different, you know, different ball game. It's still her stamp. Um, yeah, they all sound like her. Yeah, it's yeah. not too far off. I will say my favorite is her first album, and I, I don't know. It's like I'm a massive PJ Harvey fan, but I didn't really actually know that it was produced by PJ Harvey's producer. Right. But now I know that I love it even more. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it sounds. Um, a, a little bit rawer and less produced uh -huh. than the rest of her stuff. Hunter does, yeah, uh, but like, or Hunter does, or Hunter, excuse me. Um, but but it's still it's still her sound mm -hmm. very clearly and very vividly. Her sound, I 100%, think. 100%. I think it's just the way it's sounds and produced is different sort of thing mm -hmm. but it's still very vividly her sound it's still her vibe yeah yeah there's nothing that's changed about that totally it's like amazing yeah yeah so, so you can see her yeah. you know integrity of what she's trying to produce through yeah. this when yeah. she's working with different people and different exactly, yeah. musicians yeah. and stuff so yeah you know, so she's holding true to what she wants to create yeah that's powerful that's awesome yeah that's all i got on hunter you got anything else on hunter um no could spin a track um uh, i think she re well she wrote this all in france but she ended up recording it in london okay as uh is the final thing um she did make um demos as she does for every album uh-huh and uh and we can talk about that next because 2018 was her last official album she did come out of hunted in 2020 mm -hmm. and it was basically um what she said is she was listening to a lot of her original demo tapes that she did for Hunter. And she was wondering what those songs would sound like with some of her favorite singers. 
Okay. And so Hunted is basically um, songs from Hunter, but with new vocalists mm -hmm. other than her. And sometimes I think she appears on some of those tracks as well kind of thing. Yeah, which is cool. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg is on a track, and she said that was her, one of her favorites, Eden. Mm -hmm. um, Courtney Barnett. Uh, yeah. She's on yeah. there, which... She, I didn't recognize the other people on that album, actually, so who's Courtney Barnett? I don't know. I know. She does, like, uh, some kind of post-punk. Okay. Yeah. Alternative rock. Yeah. It's like, you know, drums, bass, guitar, and then the stuff that I've heard from her is, is kind of, like, spoken word over the music. Okay interesting so it's kind of you know yeah. it's kind of upbeat yeah you know rock or indie rock yeah um but she's kind of just speaking the, the lyrics yeah and you know in a cool kind of way yeah you know with okay. a cool cool cadence yeah. and that's kind of what it is she's not really singing too much okay she's not of, a singer it depends on your definition <laughs> you know what i mean Okay. You know, because because yeah. these people are you know caring about what they're, the words they're saying and when they're saying them, and that's somewhat melody. Mm. But she's not going no 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 no. Mm -hmm. You know, but they're saying words like you know A B C D E F G <laughs> H I J K. And she's I think she's got like a British accent. So you know, for me, I feel that, and it sounds a little bit more more foreign. But Courtney Barnett's got some cool stuff. And did you, did, is this uh, what you're hearing on this album, or or are you just talking about her stuff in general? No, just just Courtney Barnett stuff in general. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I didn't listen to that track, yeah, yeah. so I don't know if that's what she's got going on. Yeah. But that's what I know Courtney Barnett for. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I like that stuff. It's kind of post punk, yeah. spoken word kind of vibes, and it's super fun, super cool, super chill. Yeah. yeah. And it's dope. Um, yeah, and Idols or Joe Talbot from idols was on another track hmm. yeah, i don't know idols do you know them no i've heard the name a lot though yeah. they're around yeah <laughs> they're, they're doing they're stuff they, they exist I, I gotta yeah i gotta check them out sometime <laughs> but i keep seeing the name so all the better reason to check them out uh, is that an interview she did on uh or not an interview let me just look this up for one second because i was oh no it's gone now is it gone you're looking up joe Joe Talbot? Yeah. Joe Talbot. She did this whole like um hour long Zoom call uh recently with with Joe Talbot from Idols. And I didn't know who he was, but like it's an interesting watch. I didn't watch all of it, but um, mm -hmm. it's just like two artists talking to each other sort of thing. Right. And it doesn't it's not interviewed, it's like obviously it's like peers. Right. If you know what I mean, like two people on the same level talking to each other kind yeah. of thing. Which is really interesting. So that's worth a watch. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. But I, I still don't know. <laughs> He's British, so they must be British. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's go with that. I'm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. You tell us, guys. Exactly, yeah. So. That, that was the latest down. release. That was in March 20, 2020. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Charlotte Gainsbourg is on there. She's the daughter of Serge Gainsbourg, who I mentioned in the last episode. Right. Um, Another synchronicity. Uh, she's really good. Charlotte Gainsbourg, she's actually a really good actress. She's been in a lot of movies. They're okay. Really good. She's unfamiliar. She's actually a really good uh, singer. Her first album was produced by Air. And Dope. Joe Cocker. No, is it Joe Cocker? From Pulp? Wait a minute. 
not Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker is like an old singer. What's the guy from Pulp? Jarvis Cocker was the name. Jarvis. He wrote the lyrics for her first album. Uh, Pulp were like this really big Britpop band in, in the in the early. No, nah, um, I never heard of them. In the early, the Common People was their song. Okay. Do you know that song? Maybe, maybe not. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, not off the top of my head. All right, for shits and giggles, we're going <laughs> to play a little bit of Common People. Give me a little snippet. I probably, if you jog my memory, Jay, I probably will know. I mean, to be honest with you, I'll be amazed if this song ever made it to America, but, you know, we'll see. See if you recognize Please. any of it after the CBS Presents advert. Um, we don't, <laughs> hey, we're bringing this podcast to, to everybody for free. We don't do ads on here. Yeah. So if there's a little second where we're like, oh, oh no, we're figuring it out. We're, we're blocking ads for everybody, okay? Do you recognize this song? This might be blocked by everything. You don't recognize this song? Not particularly. We should wait for the chorus. It sounds good. You like it? And it's kind of new wave. This was massive in the early 90s. She said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Okay, I think I've heard it. I think I have heard it because I went on a, a little new wave kick. I think we have to wait for the chorus at least. Still the verse. This is a long lead okay. up to the chorus. Okay. There's a building though. I like it's it. Building, yeah. So it started there. I said, pretend you got no money. And she just left and said, oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah. Huh. I can't see anyone else smiling here. Are you sure? You wanna live like common people. You wanna see whatever common people see. Wanna sleep with common people. You wanna sleep with common people like me. But she didn't understand. And she just smiled and held my hand. This is the chorus, I don't know. <laughs> I think the whole song just continues building like this. Yeah, it's kind of a builder driving song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've heard that though. Really? Yeah, it was massive. I may or may not have, but it sounds cool. It was massive in England. It was like when Blurface first came out. Uh-huh. Same Okay, time, yeah, time it sounds like kind of vibe a little bit. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah, yeah. Some New Order, some Joy, Joy Division. Yeah, yeah. But he, well, we digress, but basically Charlotte Gainsbourg came out of an album. He... Jarvis Cocker, singer on that track that we just played, that, uh, wrote the vocals okay. and did some backing vocals nice. on that album. That's cool. It's actually a really good album. Uh, I think it's called 1055 or something in the album. It's really good. I mean, Air, this production was just like dope. Top notch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so Anna Calvi said that Charlotte Gainsbourg is like a, a massive, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg is a massive inspiration for her mm -hmm. and hero and actually she, she said when she wrote um one of the songs for hunter eden 
I think was the track that she um, got Charlotte Gainsbourg on to do for Hunted. Mm-hmm. She said when she originally wrote Eden, she had her voice in mind. As oh, she, nice. As she was writing it sort of thing. So it was kind of like, like a weird kind of... Came to fruition, like a real, yeah, yeah. like a dream. Yeah, yeah. Become reality. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And um, hey, let's play. I just want to give you a little bit of a, a taste of, All right. of that Charlotte Gainsbourg album because I mentioned it so much. And it's like a... It's really good. I don't think we'll ever talk about her as an artist on Rooster Group. So <laughs> here's our chance right now. Um, Give me taste. Yeah, she's had a few albums come out. Five Fifty Five, I think, was the was the name of the album. Um, I'm just trying to find Five Fifty Five is like with a colon or just Five Five Five. Five colon Fifty Five. Oh, it's like the time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is a good, a good track. See the air. That sounds, yeah. Air vibe on it. I will be RB. Yeah. We're playing the song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Charlotte Gainsbourg, 555. Very nice. Music written by Air, but you know who produced that album? Who? Nigel Godridge. Oh, really? Who produced uh, Radiohead. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, and Jarvis Cocker writing lyrics for most of the album, I think, for that song as well. Nice. Some pretty heavy hitters yeah. contributing. And you can see a little bit of Anna Calvi's inspiration. Mm-hmm. A little bit from that. Yeah. You can see there's some, some similarities. Yeah, 100% the n- dynamics yeah. of the vocals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the reason for playing that. But, um, yeah. No, thanks for sharing. That's super yeah, awesome. I, I've yeah. never heard a track by, by Gainsbourg, so. That album is great. I haven't listened to any of her other albums, but I think that was her first album she came out with. I think a, little, a few people were a bit like, oh, is uh, Gainsbourg's daughter releasing an album? Like... Mm. I think she was also a famous actress because she's a pretty famous actress in France as well. She's probably more famous for acting than she is for singing. Okay. So, well, Didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Sounds valid though. Sounds virtuous. Yeah. You know, sounds like a good album. Yeah. Made by, you know, help, help produced by, you know, some real people in the, yeah. in the industry and stuff. So it sounds like a legit album. Exactly. Yeah. Ba- right. Just based on that one song, I've never heard it. Yeah. I was just like, well, I knew Serge Gainsbourg and I was like, Charlotte Gizmo's coming out. Um, and it's produced by air. Like air is probably for me, like one of the best French yeah. production duo other than Daft Punk. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. To- exactly. And then, but add yeah. Nigel Godric exactly in there, yeah, and yeah, you know yeah, you got yeah. a, a little power play. You got a weird. That is like I even know what he did on that. Because <laughs> if you got air producing it, like do you need? Yeah, he just sat back and well? drank some coffee exactly. in the back. Just, <laughs> yeah. You got it. You good? You guys got it. You got it. Keep yeah. it up. Keep up the good work. Because obviously he's American. He's like you got it. <laughs> he's he's British. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Well, here we are. Um, Anna Calvi, <laughs> that's all I got on her, man. 
You got anything else? Uh, that's about it. I mean, I, I was just sort of doing all this as a prelude to maybe play that track, Eden, featuring Anna Kelby and Charlotte Gainsbourg from her last yeah. album. It's a little play-out track kind of thing for that's, this episode. I think we're in the perfect spot for it. I think everyone's got an di- idea of who she is, a dynamic vocalist, dynamic guitarist, yeah. and songwriter and performer. Yeah, She doesn't hold herself into one perception or another. Yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely and um you know it's been well 2018 was the last album so you know i think we can expect something new in the next year or two yeah hopefully yeah if she stays on track with what her her trajectory is 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 going towards then it's going to be good yeah Yeah. is what i imagine yeah so i'm I'm looking forward to that i'm definitely going to tune in Thank you for everybody for tuning in tonight for Anna Calvi. This has been good. This was a good one. I'm glad Jay brought it up. Yeah. Uh, awesome new artist to explore. Yeah. Check it's, it out. It's been Roots to Grooves. Email us. Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. S-I-G-N-L radio.com. If That's, you have anything to say, you can also leave drop a comment on YouTube as well yeah we're, um, we're looking for negative comments we're looking for haters yeah give us your worst what are what are we bad at yeah yeah we're for constructive criticism yeah music facts artist facts <laughs> you got you got something you know that we don't know let us know exactly that's all i'm saying if you hate us it's because you ain't us that's what you, that's what you said off camera and yeah. now, I, now i'm saying that on camera i'm like i feel like an idiot no that's not that's what i said before we started rolling baby i love it Oh, let's play out um, Eden. Eden. Thanks, guys. Hunted. It's Roots to Groove. Jesse Quigley, Jay Purcell. Peace out. Peace out. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.